you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mashal's Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Bobby Schussler, also known as Blaze and Bob. What's up, Job? Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Yep, glad to be here. Okay, great. Three <laughs> times, just to be sure, right? All right. <laughs> and Beautiful also... Juice. <laughs> today we have a special guest uh, andres from omnic lab is joining us how are you doing what's up guys thank you so much for having me should should i say it three times too now nah, one time is good enough <laughs> bob is just a little much that's all. <laughs> uh, it's awesome having you so i think today is going to be a good a good watchpoint radio day <laughs> but uh, yeah this is episode number 83 we are recording on november 21st for a release on November 22nd. A uh, couple things going on in Overwatch right now. We're going to talk about the patch notes that are from last week. We're going to talk about what's on the PTR right now. And we actually need to revisit Over- Oversumo one more time because like a day or two after the show where we were like, oh yeah, Oversumo is so much better now. They went ahead and released another update. And uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be as, as excited if we would have talked about it after the second update. So we're going to go ahead and talk about that. Before we get started, though, I'd like to welcome anybody who is listening to Watchpoint Radio for the very first time. Thank you very much for taking the time to come and check out Watchpoint Radio. Uh, we do talk about Overwatch news, esports, and competitive, but the focus of the show is the Overwatch community and the state of the game. So even when we do talk about those things, that's what it really revolves around. If you enjoy the show, you can check us out on Twitter at twitter.com slash watchpointradio, and we'd love to have you on our Discord at discord.me slash buttons to... Uh, you know, join join the conversation. And as always, I definitely like to thank any returning listeners. Thank you for coming back once again and listening to me, Bob, and actually this time, Andres, talk about Overwatch for a, a, an undetermined period of time right now. So, <laughs> yeah. But let's go ahead and get into the community feedback. Bob was very happy. We did get two new iTunes reviews. So thank you very much for that. Bob, very excited right now. If you're on stream, you can see him there. Well, it'd been a couple of weeks after having just at least one every week for like 25 weeks. <laughs> you know, like it was pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah, it was. So I, I did miss them too, but let's get into them. Uh, we did get an email from, ha- not email, sorry, iTunes review from Happy Meal XL. It says, I love the show to death. Started listening pretty much, uh, pretty recently from some of the other podcasts and I'm hooked. Can't wait for more episodes. Thank you very much. And we're really glad that you're enjoying the show. Hopefully we continue to keep you excited for the show. 
And also, we have a review from Aid Morrow. He says, I've been playing OW since closed beta one. Java and Bob, he's actually talking about me, so now I have a new nickname, Java. Um, I know that autocorrect is tricky. But Ja and Bob do a great job of breaking down what's in the news to help you stay current and bring great insight and options to discuss. Definitely worth subscribing to. And he gave us a thumbs up. So thank you very much for that. We're glad you, you're joining us. And I, I believe you met him at uh, BlizzCon, correct, Bob? Yeah, that's uh, Aid Morrow, a.k.a. Justin. All right. So and glad to have you. I like you. the Actually, new name, too, Java. Fits. Java. Yeah, and I was gonna say if you're getting autocorrected to anything, that's a cool one to get to. Yeah, like <laughs> that's good. That's it. I'd rather have Bob call me uh Java than chocolate, <laughs> like he was has been <laughs> when we play Overwatch. Well, you chose the name Big Chocolate, so I just shortened it to chocolate instead of calling you Big. Yeah, but it's a little different. It's like when, you, when you're saying it like to have fun, it's one thing. But when you're trying to come up with like strategy and Overwatch, and he keeps calling you chocolate, it's like now's not the time, Bob. <laughs> I'm doing that for the other people in our chat so they know who I'm talking to. I can't say jaw, I say chocolate. So yeah. now you're just BC. Yeah, here we go. Well, I'll, I'll take it regardless. We did get an email from the Syrinx. He sent us, like, the last time we talked to the Syrinx, he, he also sent us an email. And he had uh, quite a bit to say about one of our topics from last week. So uh, I'll just read it. it. says, John Bob, first of all, thank you for the amazing content each week. I've been a listener for over a year now, and the show never disappoints. If you all need someone to do placements with on Xbox, just let me know. So thank you very much. I'll definitely, I'd still have to do my placements on Xbox, so that will happen. Uh, I just finished the most recent podcast and had a few comments about your discussion about Fuey 500 and his recent ban and wanted to share some thoughts on it and maybe start a discussion. The first issue you brought up is the ban on Fuey, the Torb main. I actually watch his stream a lot, and he is one of the nicest non-toxic players I have seen. Yet he still tilts people all the time because he will rarely switch off of Torb. In this issue, most people have been talking about Oh, so I'm saying, did I say that wrong? No, I said it right. In this issue, most people have been talking about the people, the one tricks, and the toxic players who ruin the game for the rest of us. But I think the larger issue itself is the game. If the game allows someone to pick a hero and stay on them the whole time, then I think the person should be able to do that. After all, they bought the game and have the right to play whoever they want in all game modes. Everyone is going to have their favorite characters. I love playing Junk, Zen, and Orisa. And they have the right to play those characters because they paid for the game. You might argue that if someone insta-locks tour, they are forcing the team to play a certain play, a certain style. But it also works the other way because if they all make the play, the player switch off of the tour, then they are forcing him to play a certain way. The larger issue is that Blizzard includes these niche characters who aren't uh, who aren't viable in every scenario. And I think this is a real this is the real issue that needs to be solved. Junkrat is a perfect example. They made him better at what he does, burst damage and unique movements, in order to bring him into the meta. I hate Soldier 76. He's a boring character to play, and he's pretty good against Junk and Zen, which makes me hate him more. But other people, John included, I think, yes, I, I can't remember what you're about to say, but I'm pretty sure you're right with what you're about to say. John included, I think, love him, and they should have every chance to play him in any game. No one complains when you when your teammate pick soldier hell i love playing having a soldier on my team it should be this way for every character torb sim and may the characters that always seem to come up in this discussion should be buffed to soldier level or reworked in order to make them viable 
I don't think it's good for the game to have some characters that are must-picks and some that are super niche because it leaves people that love to play those characters in a bad spot. Back in seasons 2, 3, and 4, and 5, I was forced to get off a of junk a lot because he wasn't meta and I didn't want to tilt my team. But it made the game way less fun because I was stuck playing a hero that I didn't enjoy as much. Sorry for the essay. I know it's a lot, but I just wanted to share my perspective. Keep up the awesome work, the Syrinx. So, first of all, thank you very much for the feedback. And I do get what you're saying, because his, his main point is that, you know, you you buy the game for fun. You like certain characters. You want to play those characters. And I do understand that. But I think, like, my issue is that when you, if you want to play Overwatch and you just want to play for fun, stay out of competitive. That's the issue here. If you want to play Torb, no matter what, stay in quick play. But if it's like, if you're playing competitive, the reason I still agree with the ban is because if you're playing competitive and I understand that he was, he's a top 500 Torb. He knows what he's doing. He's very good. He wasn't throwing or anything like that. But the issue is that if what you're doing isn't working or it's not working with the team comp, then you have to work with the team. You know, quick play is about fun. Arcade is about fun. Competitive is really about winning. That At least that's my perspective on it. Uh, what about you guys? What do you think? Well, I'd like to let Andreas go first. Sure. Um... It's a tricky situation, right? Like, as what you said, when you go into competitive, it's almost like you're going into this unspoken set of rules where you're going to have to cooperate with five strangers to make the most out of it. And there, there's a certain standard of expectations, right? Like the game has been out for a year and a half now. We've seen pro play for a long time now. And like people have a generally a good idea of what works and what doesn't. And sometimes you can accommodate these like offhand picks, right? Like Torbjorn on payload attack. And like it, it works on certain maps, especially with players that really know what they're doing. And I think the bans to people like Fuey, is that how you pronounce him? Um, Fuey? Uh, maybe it's Fuey. Fuey. I, I, thought I don't it was know. Fuey, or however you pronounce it, um, is a little tricky too, because he just didn't get banned for playing Torb, right? We got to remember that. He got banned for reasons additionally. To that right i think it was like right. a series of games in a row and then somebody ended up taking torb from him and he ended up getting mad so at that point he was not trying to play the game in competitive however you should appropriately play the game in competitive um and like i think it was more than just him playing torbjorn for himself and it's what you said like at, at one point if the enemy team knows that he's only going to play torbjorn you can really play against that and exploit it and at that point, you become a weakling in your team. And for your team, it would be better if you maybe swap to somebody else and let somebody who can maybe do a, a different strategy um, take upon that role. Right. Well, the example you used, it kind of, like, I know which one you're talking about. And I think Bob was getting ready to say it. Yeah. That person that you're talking about wasn't Fury. That was, was somebody else. There yeah, oh, okay. was misreporting. Yeah, there was misreporting. And we're still not totally sure... There were yeah, a bunch we don't, of torbs we don't know, banned we don't know all a the bunch details. of different things. Yeah. Well, I, I said this to Bob. Um, we talked about this last week, and we talked about it again in pre-show yesterday. And I said, you know, when you pick Torb, right, and somebody doesn't want you to, there are certain people who are going to report you right then and there. But, and like I said, we weren't there. We don't know exactly what happened. But in, in my opinion, I would think in order for him to get reported enough 
that he was automatically banned by the system, that's a ton of reports that had to come in over yeah. a certain period of time. So yeah. even if he was nice, a nice person and upbeat and stuff like that, but he still wasn't switching when the team needed him to switch, that's probably what caused the reporting, which in my opinion, it's still a valid ban. And here's the thing too. Um, I think the problem is stemming to maybe from a lack of clear definition of what should be expected when you go into competitive, right? Like so mm-hmm. far it's very loose and it's just like, well, you should try your hardest. Like that's kind of like, well, we know for sure. Like Blizzard expects you to try your hardest and not to like throw games, throw yourself off a cliff or something. Um, but we don't know, like there's like a really great area between what's trying your hardest and like what's just mediocre and what's just not trying. Right. Um, and then, then it's also unspoken, like social rules. Like what do you said? Like this guy probably got like hundreds of reports, if not more from playing these things. And at the end of the day is like, yeah, you can play whatever you want in life is like life in life. You can say whatever you want, but then people can also make their own opinion about you and then you know it's like you can do whatever you want but you can't do whatever you want if you want to you know work with other people and at the end of the day competitive is about working with other people so it's like a give and take right like you can't just assume that people will abide abide to whatever you want to do at all times right the way i see it well I do agree with Syrinx that it's a uh, that it's a problem with the game inherently. I don't see a possible way to actually balance Torb, Symmetra, and those characters because they're actually overpowered. If the team actually played with Torb every time, like in lower elos, you would destroy. I mean, Torb has some of the craziest win rates. So does Symmetra. The problem is, is they're very difficult to play with, and the team has to play around them, which most players play a couple characters, but they don't play them all. So I don't see how that's viable. And I do get the ban. Like, I do get it. I Like Andreas pointed out, the game's been out for a while now, and there's becoming expected behaviors and the whole one tricking Symmetra and Torb has gotten a little old. I mean, to be quite honest, in my opinion. And so while I get that, yes, they should be able to play that. There's a lot of other modes and comp. You just got to think about it. You're playing with the team. And if you're going to queue up, you have to be, I think you have to be willing to make some, sacrifices or you know meet in the middle with your team yeah Uh, like i always want to play mccree if i could i just would pick mccree every freaking game but this season my most towers are on winston and like second by tracer and lucio and then mccree is like down at like seventh and i wish i could be playing him all the time but but that, if you don't a lot have of the time, a that's Ryan not what the shield. team needs. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have a Ryan Shield or an Orisha Shield, McCree can be more of a hazard than a help to the team, you know? Yeah, exactly. Tracer is going to be a lot better if your team's diving in. If you're playing dive and you're the guy that picks McCree, they're going to be like, what happened? Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the, I, I, my view is that if, you want, if you're just playing for fun, like if somebody's complaining about you picking Widow or Torb, 
or you know may on a and quick play that's a bit that's much like they, they need to chill out but in comp then again there needs, there needs to be a balance too right like just be just because somebody picks a certain character doesn't mean somebody should freak out i'm not saying that yeah we're not saying yeah. like oh he picked torb like report him kind of thing like that's just <laughs> yeah. absurd but we're talking about a guy that has been known to repeatedly pick torb every single game attack or defense or any any map whatever mode it is he'll just pick torb and like he's known for it right right yeah, that's the thing. Like, you, do you, we're not saying that just because you pick like an off-meta character. I like when somebody picks an off-meta character. I'm like, oh boy, you know, or a character that I don't think is gonna fit the comp. I'm like, eh, this might not work out so great. But I don't <laughs> want to tilt that person. I don't want to make them angry. I'm just like, okay, we're gonna see what happens here, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and sometimes it really works out. Like I've gotten, yeah, I've been on teams with like some people who will pick Widow, and then they're just like killing everybody i'm like Ooh, i'm really glad i didn't say shit i'm really this happy guy when i get those <laughs> boosters on, on my team also yeah like, i was gonna say <laughs> like the carry bro it's <laughs> nice when that happens too and like a good advice for people who want to pick this off meta characters especially if you're on pc and uncompetitive it's not a bad idea to just very quick go on comms and be like hey guys i'm picking this hero because of this and like if you just tell people that they're like okay maybe this guy has an idea if you're the kind of guy that just sees enough meta hero, they're like, hey, bro, switch off, though. You're going to suck. It's like, come on, dude. Just like keep it to yourself. You don't even know. You don't even know the other person. You've never seen him play. Right. Give it dude, a chance. I, and if it's not working, you can suggest like, hey, how about you switch off? And it, then it's up to the other person to like do their part and be like, you know what, man? You're right. I'm not really performing as I should. Let me pick something else. I w- that would be the perfect scenario, right? See, yes. I only play Symmetra and Torb on first point two CP or first point hybrid defense. Even though that's a smart place to play it, I always say, hey, you guys cool with the Torb? Hey, you guys cool with the Symmetra with the Mercy as the solo heal? Like I just communicate and talk more. That's going to make him instantly more comfortable with it if they're a rational person. <laughs> yeah. good good caveat over there <laughs> yeah, the irrational person yeah that's what you gotta watch for. It, it's a balance right it, not yeah, every you game. jump in sorry i didn't uh, if you jump in attack torb you're not in voice comms insta tilt your team yeah, if you're <laughs> yeah. not communicating if you're picking characters like that and you're not communicating with your team that's an issue like i've even had issues playing arissa who i wouldn't say is like a tilt character right where I'll pick a Rissa instead of like I'll say a Reinhardt or something like that. And I keep like, oh no, you gotta go Ryan. I'm like, no, it's okay. We're gonna pick a Rissa and this is why. Like, you know, we need the extra damage. We need this. We need that. She'll be okay. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know. I mean I may not say it that condescending, but you know, <laughs> I, I communicate with the team. But even with somebody like Arissa, you know, it, it that comes off. And I can only imagine when somebody picks a torb or especially a torb on attack yeah <laughs> and we're, we're hitting a lot on torb right now like let's not forget hanzo okay oh yeah i want to save my ass when like someone picks torb at the start of the game on attack so i'm like all right guys let's support the torb we need some shields let's get an orissa <laughs> let's get the, you know i'm just like oh, yeah. throwing shit out there trying to pump the team up like 
just confuse them. They're like, wait, this guy's ex- okay. This might be a new thing. Maybe I don't know about this. Okay, let's try this. You know, and, it works. In those situations, that's when you get those torbs that don't work with the Arisha shield. I fucking hate that. I hate when I see somebody <laughs> pick torb. I'm like, okay, man, I'm gonna do this with you. And I pick Arisha and I prioritize his turret. And then like he moves the turret around. I'm like, why are you doing that? Puts it in the middle of the street. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, please this is, stop. This is a really interesting conversation, though, because honestly, this is kind of like our expectations when we go into comp, right? And like, we do have to differentiate. Like, comp is a place where a lot of different expectations are going to meet, and some people are going to have higher standards, some people are going to have lower. But I think at the end of the day, what we need to come up is a consensus of what is the minimum standard for that, right? Like, what should right. be expected of you? And Blizzard hasn't communicated much to this end, right? It's mostly been the community, mostly just a lot of toxicity against each other, trying to figure all this thing out and, you know, having to work on the reporting system and all this stuff. But we're at a point where, like, we really need to come up with, like, some sort of guidelines, right? And I wonder if things like the Overwatch League contenders and then, like, being able to achieve contenders through maybe the latter at first, you know, like, if somehow that will help do like a code of conduct almost like you won't be able to join contenders if you have like certain like red flags on your account or I don't know, stuff like this, you know, that keeps people accountable. People who actually, you know, want to try at this game and like go into competitive for true competitive reasons and not just, you know, to mess with their teammates and pick some attack. Yeah, I mean, I w- it's going to be up to the community because when Blizzard finally started acknowledging the toxicity, their response was play nice, play fair. And that they think a statement like that is enough to kind of start steering the ship right when everybody's like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Play nice, play fair. Like, that's a really broad statement to make. And you're right. We need something to w- way more narrow to say, okay. This is when you need to, you know, you, you need to examine when you're going to switch. Like, look at your performance. Are you just getting destroyed constantly when you're trying to do your thing as Torb or Soldier 76? And maybe your Reinhardt's not helping you out or your wrist not helping you out. Maybe you need to switch to a character that'll be more productive at that point. Because I've even done that, right? I've, 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 like, there's been games where I've been playing, like, Soldier and doing very well as Soldier, but I, the rest of my team is suffering. So maybe I switch to something else that may be you know, that may help the team a bit more and that's worked out. You know, everybody's got to think critically, you know, but I, based off what you were saying is I do think it's going to be more of the community that has to set that standard. The problem is not the higher end of the community, not like, you know, your diamond master, grandmaster, or even platinum players. Your problem is going to come in the lower ranks with the bronze, silvers, and the golds, because a lot of those players already think that they, uh, know what they're doing and that everybody else is holding them back that that they they do so that that's actually that's one of the reasons why one of the reasons why we made prepare to attack was because when me and bob were playing in the lower elos this is a constant issue we were coming up against not that people couldn't mechanically play the characters but that they they're just knowledge gaps that they didn't they didn't know what they didn't know and they no thought clue. they knew everything and so they wouldn't listen when you're trying to give them pretty solid adv- advice so Although you know I, yeah. I would say that partly the reason that they're in a low elo is because they have that mentality right like i feel right. like 
It's like the I don't know, like those old proverbs or something. Like the more you know, the more you realize that you know anything, kind of yeah. thing. This game is <laughs> yep. kind of like that too. Like the more you improve, the more you're like, oh man, I'm really bad at this game. Because you start realizing yeah. like all these like small little nuances that you didn't see before, and you're like, oh wow, there's a, a long road ahead of me. Well, like the people who are like, it's not my problem. It's other people holding me back. Those are usually the people who have the hardest time learning and advancing in the game, I feel. It's kind of like a kid dealing with your parents. Like, it's amazing how much smarter my dad got as I got older. All the stuff he'd always said just all of a sudden became smarter as I got older and I realized (laughs) that I didn't know everything. And that's just, I mean, that's part of playing with younger people, too. That's why I'm really impressed when I meet someone like like Jake from Team USA, the Outlaws. Like I've, I'm just super impressed by a 21 year old kid or man that is so in tune with that and learning and knowing he doesn't know everything. Because at 21, I was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, thanks, Syrinx, for sending that email over. Uh, Obviously, good conversation out of that. It's a a constantly, it's a constant conversation that you can have forever, you know, you know, until until the the lower ranks start to realize they don't know everything and, you know, step it up a bit. But then you wouldn't have the lower ranks, right? Somebody (laughs) has to be there, right? Yep. Yep. Somebody's (laughs) got to be there. All right. So let's go ahead and move on. Uh, we usually do the, you know, what you've been doing in Overwatch, but, you know, let's just go ahead and get Bob. But everybody here knows Bob loves asking questions. So I'm going to let Bob ask some questions for our guest. I'm, I'm, I'm a curious dude, and super, I'm super excited to have you on, Andres. I've been listening to you forever. I got to meet you when we went to BlizzCon, and it was it was kind of weird, actually, like how quickly we just became cool. And really cool like exchange cell phone numbers like we're you know we just had a great time and just super super cool um if, if so melissa's I'm, watching we're just friends we, i promise i promise. Yeah, exactly <laughs> I, I was like i was about to ask you to go steady yeah well and if, i mean if you listen to the omnic labs behind the scenes stuff we record and uh definitely andreas is tanks little spoon if you listen to that <laughs> that's an inside joke here as you guys will have to check out the episode now but so yeah so uh so i was super i was super excited to have you on we've had rob on the show did you just hear melissa laugh in the background (laughs) (laughs) um we uh we had rob on on the show we got to talk to him but we're curious about you i'd i'd like to know a little bit about you and what you do your gaming background and what you do now that's what I want to know. Sure. Yeah. Like my tag says it, I play games. I've always been a big fan of playing games since the first time I tried a uh, Super Nintendo. Um, fell in love with that stuff and I have been able to like let it go. And then eventually I realized like, you know what? I don't think I'm ever going to let this go. So I started podcasting about it and kind of embraced it a little more in uh, my later 20s. Um, and yeah, and here we are talking to each other. Uh, for those of you who don't know that listen to the show, I make Omnic Lab, which is also an Overwatch podcast. Before that, I was making a couple other podcasts about um, Hearthstone. Um, and that's kind of like 
my podcasting, I guess, career in gaming, those uh, three podcasts. I did two for Hearthstone and now Omnic Lab. That's my current one. Well, I would, and for anybody, I, I, I would be surprised if anybody doesn't know what Omnic Lab is at this point. Because <laughs> if you don't include the inactive Overwatch podcast on iTunes, I would say Omnic Lab is probably the biggest Overwatch podcast there is. Yeah, I'd say. Oh, thank for, you. I'd say for sure it's the oh, absolutely it's the biggest. Uh, that and uh, Chan uh, Chan Man's podcast, uh, the overview. Yeah, that's a really good one as well. Yeah, the yeah the overview is awesome. I love it. And uh, and but the Omnic Lab has its own niche. You know, they do all kinds of different stuff. They do the diving deeps. They do off episodes where they just talk about meta. They do. I mean, they do a lot of cool 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 things and we definitely love it but yeah we, i want to know a little like, bit uh, oh sorry go ahead no 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 you i was gonna say we like doing strategy stuff in the omnic lab i think everything in the omnic lab is influenced kind of a little bit by my tendency to grab a game and try to learn everything of it inside out i like really enjoy getting good at the games that i kind of like like choose i get obsessed with games over time um overwatch definitely has been the latest obsession of course um and i just like learning inside out and i love outlets that teach me about the game so that's kind of what i wanted to reflect with omnic lab an outlet where you could come hang out have a good conversation maybe get a laugh and then come out with something out of it right at least learn one or two things about the hero that you like about maybe um at theme strategy that you didn't know about i don't know what whatever it is but I, we want you to learn something when you come to the podcast and something i see a lot with podcasters especially ones that spread them spread themselves thin and do a bunch of different shows and everything i see that like they're going over it and they're going over news and stuff but they're not super passionate about the game you and rob man i mean you came in t- in town mm-hmm. and we met at the airport and then from the Uber ride that was like, what was it, like an hour and a half or two hours or something like that. Like, we talked about Overwatch the whole time. Then we talked about it at dinner. We talked about some other stuff here. Then we just kept talking Overwatch. And then I remember when Rob first showed up, I wasn't in your guys' conversation, but I was standing next to you and you're talking to Rob. And you're like, dude, it's so cool. We're just... Everybody's talking about Overwatch and nobody gets tired of talking about Overwatch. And it's just freaking <laughs> awesome, dude. You've got to talk to these guys. And it was just, it was just, you know, you really are passionate about the game. And I love that. I love that. And it comes out in your, in your podcast. Oh, that's great. That's nice to hear actually. But I want to know a little bit more about your early projects. You said you did two Hearthstone projects. Did they, are they still going on or, or did they sputter out or what happened with those? No, they were, um, I don't want to say short-lived because one of them ran for almost a year and the other one I was part of for like eight months. So they were they were going on for a good little while. The Hearthstone one, the first one I did was called Hearthaholics and it was basically my intro to um, podcasting. At the time I was- I listened to that. Oh, really? Uh, that awesome. Must be, that must be why, like I listened to a few episodes back in the day. That must be why your voice was so- like that must be why I, I knew I'd heard your voice when I first in there. heard, yeah, Omnic Lab. That's <laughs> hilarious. <Okay>. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that was the first um, podcast that I ever did. Uh, at the time, I was interning at a recording studio, and I was getting into Hearthstone, and it was kind of like a game that I could play in the downtime because there was a lot of downtime when like the bands were recording or they were like taking a break. You were kind of just like 
hanging out, not doing much. Um, and also in between breaks, I had to do a lot of food runs and stuff for like whatever artist was at the studio at the time. And I, I just was looking for something to pass the time and do. And I was like, man, podcasts are just great. I can just put on a podcast. And that was when podcasts were kind of starting to pick up. And, and like, there was a pretty good variety. And I realized there was gaming podcasts. I was like, oh my God, of course there are. And there was um, a Hearthstone podcast at the time, The Angry Chicken. They're still going on and they're very popular for the people who play Hearthstone. Um, but I was listening to them and I remember just like, just listening to them and being like, oh, I, I just want to talk say back to back. them. Yeah, yep. I, just, I have so much that I want <laughs> to say right now. And like the conversation was super engaging at the time. And because I had an audio background, um, like the stuff like recording and like the publishing part, I was familiar with all that stuff. And I met a few people in a small community around that podcast. It was a Hearthstone podcast. And in one of those was actually Rob, my co-host that I do Omnic Lab with. And we just became friends. We played Hearthstone. And actually, I didn't start a podcast with him. I started Hearthaholics. And later he started his own Hearthstone podcast called Villains Chosen, which he still does nowadays. But Hearthaholics was my first experiment with people in that community. And it was pretty nice. I got to find out that I actually enjoy podcasting and that I could do it. And yeah, it was just a great experience, which led into the next uh, Hearthstone podcast. I was just a co-host in that one. It was very low key. I, I just had to participate. I didn't do any of the production in it. And um, after that, Overwatch got announced and I just knew that was going to be my game after I saw the, the trailer game. for it. And, I, and Rob was the one who came up to me at that point and he was like, hey, Overwatch coming out. You want to do a podcast together? And I was like, mm, yeah, why not? And he basically took the reins. He did everything. He came up with graphics and all the brainstorm, all this stuff. And he was like, hey, I'm ready. I just need you to like say yes. And we were good to go. So I was like, all right, let's do it. And yeah, <laughs> here we are now. Nice. Awesome. I was one of the people who when, when Overwatch got announced, I was just not interested. I was not interested. Really? Like, oh. You're like, not for me. Like, nope. TF2 clone. No thanks. <laughs> like, was, don't need same. it. Don't need it. And then I ended up getting into the first beta for Overwatch. I'm like, of course. They give the betas to the people who don't want them. Dude, I played I played like two games. I was like, yeah, this, we're going to do a podcast about this game. <laughs> like two, two games in over. I was like, yeah, we're doing a podcast about this, this game yeah, fucking dude, rocks. I was, I was the same way. I was like, dude, I'm not playing a first person shooter i'm just not going back to that and then my my, my brother-in-law was like dude you have to try this it's so good i tried it and i was like holy crap this is fun junk rat is amazing i'm gonna play this <laughs> and play junk rat all the time and i did for season one nice. <laughs> but you uh. were talking about the omnic lab and how it started and that brings me to my next question about what was it like in the early days, you know, like when OmniClub first started, how is that different from now? Well, we were really small back then. Like we, we started everything really early. Like before we even launched our first episode, we set up a discord, we set up like a Patreon and we were like, we're ready for this. Even if we only get one listener and one patron, like, we don't care. Like, we are set up. And Rob was really helpful helpful with that. He's a very 
organized dude. So he helped us like get everything in line real quick. And then um, our Discord community at the time was maybe like 20 people, mostly just friends that we knew that were interested in the game. And they knew that we're kind of like starting this project. So they were just like hanging around. They thought it was cool. Um, and that was about it for the first like few episodes that we released. We, re we started releasing episodes a month before the official release. We had just been playing the closed beta at the time. And it was a very quiet time. We just did a small like um, introductory series. It was like four episodes where in each episode we went through different roles. So it was like supports, um, tanks, DPSs, and uh, defense heroes. And kind of just like a brief kind of like overview. And I think we had maybe like a hundred downloads at the time. It was like very small, um, kind of like very niche. And then I remember release day when um, the game actually came out. It was like the floodgates had been open, man. Everybody got that game and everyone was like so thirsty for knowledge. They just wanted anything. to like devour anything that was out there for Overwatch and like immediately like or downloads just like skyrocketed. People started like slowly joining for Discord community. And it was nice that everything was set up already and all, all of our episodes had already kind of like been promoting like, hey, come hang out with us over here. And like we were really active mm -hmm. in the Discord, especially in the early days uh, when it was easy to keep up with it and like interact with everyone who came in there. And I think that was a very um, important factor in the beginning, like people coming in there and like listening to the host of the show and being like, oh, you guys like are doing this podcast. Really cool. I just got into the game and have like that first interaction um, that worked out really well. And yeah, from then on, the podcast kind of like started picking up. Well, that's interesting that you say the disc, the discord, because that was actually for me. So we got discord because everybody was like, use discord. And so me and Mel made a little server that we just added whoever we decided to play with. You know, we'd meet people in comp. And then your Discord was the first one that I actually joined besides our just little one that we added people to to group yeah. within comp. And I remember being like, I remember calling Melissa on the way home and saying, hey, these guys have a Discord that they do a podcast I listen to. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm thinking about just see if we could find a group. And I remember just getting home each night and just being like, I don't know if I'm good enough to play with these people. <laughs> and then just watching you guys talk and never talking back. And it's so funny how different that is to my, like how I approach the game now and how I approach the community now. But it's just funny because you guys were the first one I joined. I was always afraid to talk. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we actually have a lot of lurkers in the Discord. And I encourage everyone to just like start a conversation because... Rob and I are super approachable, right? Like if you just like add, add us and like ask us a question, more than likely you'll get a response in a very timely manner. We're checking it pretty much every day, especially Rob. He is like a no, Discord Rob wizard. Like <laughs> Rob, Rob's are not you, a fan of talking. Are, are you sure we're talking about the same Rob? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Rob but, will talk um, to anybody at any time for sure. Yeah, and it's a great way to get in touch with us, uh, ask us questions about the podcast, or just like, you know, hang out, honestly. That's kind of where we hang out. It's kind of like our, our little lab cave. Well, um, I want to know what your main is. For all the people that don't know what your main is, I want to know what your main is, and then I want to know what your actual favorite character is. 
Oh, interesting question. All right. Well, don't don't kill me, guys, but my main is Torb. Outed. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. The truth is out. No, uh, honestly, nowadays it's really hard to say what my main is. Like I said, I've been playing a lot of everything. And um, the first few seasons, I played a ton of Soldier and McCree, but mainly because I was playing with a team. I was queuing up mostly with a six stack and sometimes a four stack. And I was just the designated DPS in that team. So <clears throat> that brought me to play a lot of those characters. And this past two seasons, I've been playing a lot more solo. And you know how the solo life goes. You join a you know join a game and immediately you get like three DPS insta picks. So mm-hmm. when you're soloing, it's really hard to be like that DPS main kind of guy. So I've been being a little more flexible with my picks. I really enjoy playing Winston out of all of the tanks. I Me just too. click and vibe with him. It's just like you can be so aggressive with him. And I like that. I like being in the face of my enemies. I like like just putting the pressure. Reinhardt. Yeah, I like putting the pressure on them. And I think that's why I enjoy playing DPS. Guys like McCree, Tracer, or Genji. Because, you know, you bring the fight to the enemy. And you're constantly, like, doing something, you know, being aggressive. And they're just kind of like my natural play style. So Winston is really conducive to that. Um, I've also enjoyed a lot of uh, Lucio. Because it's the same, right? It's like a very aggressive Lucio, healer. Oh, oh. You can be jumping all over the place. You can get on people's faces. You can boop people around and kind of like manhandle them a little bit. So it's, it's kind of like a very, kind of like that on that same style. That so I think annoying I, net. Yeah, dude. I yeah. love Lucio. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to like find like characters that are not necessarily like one role, but have a play style that is conducive to what I enjoy. And in different roles. So that way, whenever I have to alternate, you know, I have a good character that I can jump onto and I still enjoy playing the game. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. What's your favorite map? My favorite map. Hmm. I really enjoy Ilios. That's a fun map to play in. Uh, I know it's weird. I hate the well. I actually really enjoy Ilios because it's a very like intense map, right? And then um, the different maps, you can switch between a variety of heroes. Like the, I can't remember which one is the long map, but the one that is like really long uh, and really narrow has like a precipice in the side. I, I I don't remember. The one that has like the, the ruins in the Widow middle. Friendly. Ruins. Yeah. It's yeah. Ruins. ruins. There you go. Yeah. That one is cool. Cause yeah, you can bring out the Widowmaker, the Pharaohs, uh, a lot of Winston. And then you have the well, which is great for like, Orissa, Roadhog, all these characters that can like knock you down. Lucio is great in that one. Um, so I don't know, a lot of variety in there. And then I think I also enjoy a lot um, Numbani. Numbani is really fun to play into. <laughs> you don't like my choices, huh? Lijong Tower, man. Lijong Tower all day, every day. That's I, like, fun I, like, too. I just like Reaper and he really excels at that map. I like Numbani, but uh can't agree with Elios on you. I'm not, not a fan. What are your guys' maps? Now I'm curious. <laughs> Mine's Lijiang Tower, hands down. All right. I, I'll take that one. That's a good one. Oh, How about you, Ja? Favorite map. That's actually kind of tough, but I would if I had to pick a favorite map, it would probably be actually Hanamura. Hanamura has to be my favorite map. You give me crap about Numbani? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I didn't give one. you crap at Numbani. I like First Numbani. Joke, 
No, Hanamura can be fun. Like, especially after watching USA versus South Korea, I my mind changed a lot about Hanamura. They had Widow no problem Widow. capping that second point against players of the highest caliber. Uh, I think they that they held the first point more Widow. than the second. Yeah. <laughs> that was nuts, dude. <laughs> nuts to watch live, too. That is true, dude. Ooh. Well, uh, any future plans on what you're gonna, what you got going for the future? Of course, Om- Omnic Lab is gonna keep going strong. Anything else? Uh, I've been looking at the Overwatch League, like especially ever watching the World Cup and seeing like that huge hype and like all the teams kind of coming together and the league finally emerging. Because I've been waiting for the league to emerge since it got announced, basically. So I'm really excited for it. Um, I still don't have any concrete plans, but I do plan on following it really closely and I don't know, maybe create some content around it. Um, I haven't, I haven't like decided on any concrete plans. I'm waiting for the preseason to come out to see how that's going to work. And yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that'll, that'll be, that'll be good content and I'm sure there'll be plenty of it too. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited about the league. Yeah, very excited. Right. Well, thank you so much for answering the questions, and uh, I think we can move on, John. All right, so I won't waste any time. Let's go ahead and get into the most recent patch notes. Patch notes. All right, so did we predict that they were going to release Mora on Thursday, or do we have a conversation about how they always release characters on Thursday? Sometimes it's hard to tell what we talk about in the podcast, what we talk about before the podcast, what we talk about after the podcast. I have to restrict my time talking to Bob to podcast only, and then I can tell you for sure. <laughs> but uh, they did release Mora on Thursday, and uh, we're going to hop into um, PTR report in a little bit, but apparently she's just a little bit too much. I don't know. At least this time, they kept her from kept her out of comp, right? So they finally fixed that, not fixed it, but they finally enabled that feature so that they don't have to have a character in comp immediately. Um, Obviously, we talked about Moira more than enough in terms of her abilities on our post-BlizzCon episode, and nothing's really changed in that aspect, so we're not going to dig into that. But have you guys had a chance to play Moira since release? Yeah, I've played plenty of her already. She's She's a very fun character, very fun healer, very different from the other ones. Yeah, yeah, I've played her a little bit. Usually, I end up not playing her on the PTR and just seeing what she does. Um, the only thing, the only like thing that comes right to mind is a really small thing. But I noticed myself the other night playing. Uh, I was playing, like I was playing Reaper, Hanzo. I played a bunch of different characters, but every time I turn around, there's this like yellow spray paint in my face and i'm like dude get out of my face oh you're oh you're <laughs> healing me and like so that's been a little odd for me it's a weird <laughs> it's a weird bitch to pick but like i don't know like it was just it's a little off-putting when i turn around and this yellow fog is in my face and it's actually pretty visually impairing if it, you're the same height as her yeah so that's that's one thing I did notice. I haven't got to play her a whole ton though. I have played with her quite a bit though, and I did play her on uh, on free for all over the weekend and found it kind of hard to aim. Um, I've played with her 
and I'm not too interested with her as a character. I know I'll end up playing her more than I do Doomfist because I, I don't play Doomfist at all. There's zero reason for me to play Doomfist, and because of the way the way his character is and the current meta, I can't I really have never run into a situation where it's like, hmm, we needed a Doomfist and it needs to be me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've never I've never run into that and I really don't see I really don't see myself running in, into that into that situation. So I do see situations where, you know, we need another healer and Moira might be a good choice for me. Obviously, she's very early and, you know, Mercy's, you know, contrary to what you would have thought before the patch actually came out, Mercy has not died. You know, uh, we we made an episode called Mercy Died during this episode or while we recorded this. And now it literally came out during it. Yeah, the information came out during the episode and it was like a joke. It was like, you know, Mercy's not going to die. But you would if you looked at the forums, man, you would have thought Mercy was going to be DOA as soon as that patch dropped. Apparently not. But yeah, right now, once we, we, we I guess we just have to see how Moira is going to be played and then we'll we'll learn, okay, well, when, when uh, you know, when do you pick Moira over Mercy? A lot of people thought that you'd be picking her over Zengata. I don't necessarily think so. I think Zen still has a place for what he does, you know? I mean, if you, you talk to uh, Fu from Wawa's Boot Camp, he'll tell you Zenyatta healing is secondary. Is that Discord Orb is primary, man? So that's why I think Zenyatta yeah, still has, yeah, Zenyatta still has uh, a good place. But you know, I have I don't see Mer- Moira replacing anybody yet. Actually, to be honest with you, I don't. The thing I'm worried about with Moira is this massive healing meta we might run into between her and Mercy. You know, her and a Mercy, or her and Anna, her and Anna too. Yeah, her and Anna with triple tank could be sick. Yeah, Even quad tank. Like they just the amount of healing they could pump out, and that, I think that can make the game a bit, you know, not fun to play. When you're playing a first person shooter, you, you kind of want to kill somebody. <laughs> you know, you, that's what you want to do. Yeah, you might as well take was my least favorite. Yeah, you might as well be shooting shields if you can't take down enemies. You know, if yeah, that that's kind of the issue. So we'll see though. I, I'm not cast spell, spelling doom there, but I'm, I'm curious to see how it's going to turn out. I think Moria just, <clears throat> it, she feels like a different niche, right? Like she doesn't have resurrect and she doesn't have like a, like a thing like Senyara, like you said, right? Like her ultimate sucks. is very specific. And like, I wouldn't say it sucks because it can be really strong in certain situations. Like, um, let's say points like King's Row in the payload phase or Numbani in the payload phase. You put her behind the Reinhardt who can just like earth shatter and then she can just beam through him and beam through your team into the uh, enemy team. I think that's when you have her ultimate at the strongest because it's like what you said. If you're just healing, the ultimate heal is all right. It's not like the best thing in the world. It's it's a, a strong heal and you will top off anyone with that, but it's not, it's no transcendence, for example. Um, mm-hmm. And the damage is the same. It's no barrage or it's not like something incredible like people can survive the damage from that like you know if they're pocketed by a mercy or they just kind of move away but if you're healing and damaging at the same time and preventing an incoming push for example um or like spearheading your own push in an environment that is conducing to the shape of your ult, so like a payload an error corner stuff like that it becomes really good but be- if you're in different situations when you're like 
in open ground and you're afraid um, a graviton might come, for example, then Zenyatta ult will always be better in that situation. Um, and like, like I said before, you can't replace things like Resurrect, right? Like Mercy is the only one who's coming in with that stuff. So it really depends on the situation. And like you said, Death Ball is great with her. Like you put a Mora behind like three tanks and a Mercy or a Nana and like good luck taking those guys down. And there might be situations where that might be helpful, you know? Yeah. And I think that, I think it's just, it just, it's a lackluster ult for, I think her kit is pretty neat besides the old. And I don't know it. I haven't gotten any, there's no way to really tell. I've only played her, uh, you know, on PTR and on quick play and on free for all. But all I know is when she's doing her ult, if I'm playing, if like, if I'm playing a uh, character that gets close up, if you weave in inside, in and out of her, it's like Zarya trying to keep tracking on on <laughs> you at close range. It's it, it's it's hard. Yeah, for, it's very uh, hard. For him. I mean, it's really, so, I don't think it's intended for you to track like a Genji flying around you. Though. Yeah, right. That's kind of thing. Her kit, her kit, right? To me, is not and not a killing kit. Right, she's a support, mm -hmm. yeah. and so her, her her primary thing is to heal, right? And even her ultimate, it does heal, which is great, and it can damage. But I gotta be honest with you, and and when I have used it in a lot of cases, it's to clear space. If there's one thing she could do well as a character, it is yep. make people move out of the way. You yeah. know, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. That is they, what, like, her all the six seconds, right? I think it's six seconds. It's, it's Pretty lengthy. It's a, lo it's a long time, yeah. It's a long yeah. time. And so that's more than enough time where you can clear somebody out of the way because while you may not be scared of me shooting it directly at you, if I'm shooting it through my Reinhardt or through my Roadhog, yes. knowing that you can, or even like a soldier or a McCree, and you know you're not going to kill those characters while I'm doing it and you're getting damaged, you might as well just move out the way because that's what I see happen now. When people hear her ultimate, they move out of the way. And that's sometime that's all you need. It's a I great think space denial tool. Yeah, it's a great yeah. way to spearhead a push, right? If you want your Reinhardt to be able to push that front line, let's say against something really dangerous, like a Bastion, for example. Like that ultimate is great in those situations where you can just be like, all right, guys, just go run straight ahead. I got you. Yeah. So I think yeah, this... I mean, even Hanzo, good Hanzos will use their ult to not even kill any, to not even kill anyone, but to deny space in a choke. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it can be used even more effectively in that manner. Yeah. So I, I that's, think that's a good point. Yeah. If you think about it like that, then it's a bit, it's a bit more worth it. But like, you're right. If, if you're just trying to, if you pop your ult to kill somebody, well, you just wasted your time. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing to note is her ult is easy to get. It's not like a Lucio sound barrier that it will take you a lot of healing to like get it. You know, her know ultimate. That. Her ultimate charges relatively quick. So it's also something to keep in mind. Like, well, maybe a Lucy uses one sound barrier. You can use two Moras. Um, Kamehameha or whatever it's called. Yeah. Stop, Kame. We don't have time. We don't have time. <laughs> Not enough yeah. time on the episode. Episode 86. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to because besides Mora being released, we did get some character balance. Things that we kind of already talked about before, but we'll touch on it. Uh, the biotic rifle for Anna, the damage was increased from 60 to 70. They did this to help her compete 
with other healers, they said. But then in the next statement, they were like, this should help her defend herself better. I don't think the problem with Anna was that she couldn't survive or that she was just getting killed all the time. It was that the the amount of heals she was pumping out versus Mercy, you know, made not, it just, it just wasn't really good enough. So Shields. Uh, yeah. yeah. Shields, you know, shields on top problem. Of, shields are a problem. Yes, you're 100%. Right, so I mean, I think she, and we were going to see something else change with Anna probably in the future. Don't get me wrong; I don't mind the extra damage. You know, I don't, I don't mind the extra damage. The extra um, damage is nice. I think it mainly affects things like, <clears throat> like shooting Ferris, for example. Like with the change before, it would take you, it would take you four shots to kill a Ferris. Now it only takes you three. So st- small details like that can actually make a big difference in like the heat of the battle, right? Right. Exactly, yeah. So we'll say I, I do think we're gonna see a bit more with Anna, but I don't know, we'll see what we'll see what the Overwatch team does, especially now because it'll be different if they just made the change and no new character came out. But they made the change and a new character came out, which kind of pushes her a little bit down the hero totem pole a little bit more. Uh, for spectators, this actually isn't a balance change. I missed. I, I put this in the wrong place, but Lucio in spectator mode. If you're spectating Lucio. Uh, there's an effect above his head now that tells you what song he's playing. I don't know. I thought you'd just be able to tell by the color of his uh, aura, nope. but that's just the me. The new spectator mode doesn't have colors. It has just the two sides colors. It doesn't have the color of the aura at all? Like for if, Lucio specifically? If it's, if, it's, if it's like the World Cup, then it wouldn't. I haven't okay. looked at the spectator mode. Andres, have you looked at that? No, I haven't looked at it, but it might be a change related to that. Yeah, to make it... I don't think it's so much for the people in game, but oh, no, more no, for the yeah. people watching the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, because like it's either I, all white or all one other cover. I'm guessing was, spectator mode is all white now and all red or no, all blue and no, all red. That's that's actually yeah. So that's the thing with spectator mode. It's blue and red, and the team stay the same color. But I was doing spectator on for game night on Friday. And I could still see colors. But I'm trying oh, yeah, to remember, I remember Lucio specifically. I can't remember about Lucio specifically. So we'll have to test it and then report back. We'll see. Yeah, well, it's probably definitely added to professional spectator mode at the moment. Because that, everything's the same color. I mean, everything. Yeah, the yeah. healing was definitely the, the same color of the team. So, like, the team was blue. All the healing looked blue, which was, like, weird. It's like, why don't you just leave the healing the same yellow right because like right. you still know what mercy is coming out of from you know yeah yeah it's literally everything is one color and it makes it easy for a lot of things but that's for why they made the change really nice. to mercy's yeah. beam you know like ma- maze wall and- is really nice having it uh the team's oh, color yeah. for example or diva's uh diva's um the diva's explosion yeah that's really nice too the Graviton can be nice at times too. If like both of them have Zarya. Right. And honestly, them just switching from player to player, if they swap to the other team, boom, instantly you know oh, yeah. you're on the other team instead of being like, oh, okay, we're on the other team now. Yeah. 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 That was nice. But yeah. That's probably just a change for that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk Mercy a little bit. Like, so we already dug into her but the staff we talked about they, they enhanced the visuals for our beam so that's now in the game her yeah, resume- healing is two small smooth beams and her damage is a, like a one thick jagged beam and yeah. they did that for spectator mode too 
Right, so you can tell what the difference is. Uh, her resurrect has been nerfed. The cast time is now 1.5 seconds. Uh, sorry, 1.75 seconds, so it's almost two seconds. Mercy's movement speed has been reduced by 75%, and resurrect can be interrupted with knockback, stun, and hack. And Valkyrie basically reverses that. If you if you do that stuff in Valkyrie, her resurrect does not have a cast time, and she does not have a movement speed reduction. Obviously, I'm not a Mercy main, but gotta be honest with you, I don't mind the changes. I think this balances her out a bit more. Rez is a massive move. If you can bring somebody back to life in a first-person shooter, that is... At full me- health. That, at full health, that is a massive ability you have there. You know, in my opinion, Rez, in terms of first-person shooting, right... Rez has always been overpowered, right? Because you are, you can completely... At first, you could completely bring your team back if they were all there. And then <laughs> now, you can do it every 30 seconds. You can bring somebody back. You can you chop down a Roadhog, which isn't difficult these days. Instantaneously, you bring him back. That alone is demoralizing. I just walk away from the fight at that point. Like, <laughs> like, like It's almost back. like watching Rez at this point and then thinking about Rez because it wasn't that long ago that Rez would like revive everyone in the team but like now looking back on it's like God, wow that was overpowered <laughs> <laughs> exactly yep. honestly so, yeah. I enjoy I enjoy the rest like like you said I enjoy the rest as it is right now because it's such a strong ability I don't think it should be that lenient I think there should be like Please. some drawback whatever it is and like I think this drawback is a very like meet you halfway here kind of thing it is it's a very uh, it, res should have always been a risk versus reward situation yeah so yeah yeah w- when they made that first buff to mercy that she was invincible while doing res i'm like why the move is already so powerful and now this is way it's way more risk associated with such a huge move i think this doesn't affect mercy as much more so it affects the people who make stupid mistakes that are out of position but go ahead yeah 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 well, what you just pointed out just made me think of something so you said like they shouldn't have given her the invulnerability before i think that was necessary before in the way that res inherently worked you were trying to get your biggest res possible which means there's no one to protect you the new way punishes you if you go in and try and get that res on somebody who's out of out of position but if someone dies within your pack you're still pretty protected and I completely disagreed with Andreas at at BlizzCon when we were talking about the mercy changes. I thought it was just going to kill her completely. But after playing with it, I have to say that my that my thoughts have changed and I do believe that it really is not that bad of a nerf. We'll have to see how bad it is as time goes on, but if you're rezzing within your group, you're still rezzing okay. Like Yeah. You're like, still surviving. Like nothing ever happened. Yeah, if you're going out and getting the soldier or the reaper or the Genji who died behind enemy lines, you used to be able to swoop right in, jump after your swoop, res, fly way back, then fly way off again. Like I mean, it it was a little crazy overpowered then, and so. A little, um, a little crazy overpowered. <laughs> that, that, that's yeah. kind of that's part of the problem, right? Like, and like the was, thing is, yeah, you can her. still do that, right? You can still do that. You can go on your ult and be crazy overpowered and swoop in and res everyone. So like, Mercy still has that, but now she has to like burn her ult to be that crazy overpowered, which 
It's like well, okay, like, only res two instead of four. Yeah, in the same which is time it's still huge, right? Like if you can just res your Reinhardt and your main DPS that just died, like boom, you you still got a fight right big. there. Yeah, right. I mean, it definitely stops Mercy's. Like, well, I think what but they started making changes because what was happening is that Mercy's were sitting there hiding in a corner, waiting for their whole team to die, and then they'd come in, swoop in, do a ult, bring four or five people back and the fight would continue and that's when i think when they while they started you know looking at changing her now at least you know if you want to be effective if two of your people die okay let me pop alt i'll bring them back back to six and then you know i'll keep my uh healing here for the duration as opposed to purposefully letting your team die just so that yeah, you well, can bring them back mel's biggest thing i don't know like it she she started she started to change the way she said it. She would instead of say die on the point, she would say fight on the point. I have res instead of die on the point, which is where people expect to go in and do something stupid. She would say fight on the point, and then she'd still have to hide though. So it, I de- I definitely don't think it was a very fun mechanic, and I didn't enjoy Mercy then, but I do enjoy her now. So. Yeah, so I, I, I do. I do like the, I do like her metamorphosis is basically where I'm at right <laughs> right now. I, I think she's in a good place, and they're gonna keep her here, which means that we'll finally get the mercy prepared to attack episode out. Because <laughs> Andres, we that was one of the haul. first episodes we were gonna do, and we recorded an episode, and then like a week before we put her out, bam. Like they changed mercy. Changes. Okay, okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Then they're like, okay, fine. We're gonna record her now. More changes. Okay, we're gonna record it. Okay, more changes. <laughs> like it was like, okay, fine. Now I finally think we're gonna be okay to release an episode on her. She's so. been a tricky hero to cover for sure. Yeah. For the last like two months. Jeez. Yeah, absolutely. So a big fish saying he's still waiting for Diva. It's coming. As soon as I can get Diva out, we will put Diva out. Oh, that yeah, is my we promise to you. Diva. Yeah, we haven't gotten to Diva yet, but she is on the way. Trust me. No no hero left behind. <laughs> so finally, Winston. So this was a little bit of a weird thing that happened in the patch notes. Winston has a project. His projected barrier has a health bar now. So it's kind of like Arissa, if you've ever played Arissa, where you put the barrier down and it shows how much health it has. In the, in the developer comments, it says that this will help winston's both allies and enemies to know how much health the barrier has so that will kind of tell you that the barrier would have a health bar that is not the case the barrier does not have a health bar only winston can see it so winston can call out how much health his barrier has however enemies will not be able to see it so i think maybe originally they might have thought about giving it it's a health bar so people can see Interesting. And maybe they I got thought rid that of both. Yeah, the way they worded it, it seemed like both people would see the health. No, it's exactly <laughs> like it looks exactly like Orissa's uh, gauge on, and it's just on Winston's HUD. So anywhere you look, you see six hundred health. Gotcha. And it's, it's actually really nice. And if you're enjoying playing, yeah, for Winston, Winston that's probably it's really be nice. Yeah. Really nice for you now because yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll know how long you can dance in and out of your bubble. So yeah. Even I was though, gonna say, like, if enemies could see it, that would be really up, nice too for like enemy teams, because maybe finally people will be incentivized 
to shoot the Winston barrier. Like that's a common mistake I see people, especially yes. at lower elos, do like Winston puts the barrier. It's like, oh, it's a barrier. I guess I can't shoot. <laughs> shoot it immediately. Always, always it goes my down ammo. so fast. Yes. <laughs> uh. The way that's I was gonna I was gonna make a joke that Winston wouldn't even have time to tell you how much health this barrier has because it's gonna get <laughs> demolished so fast. But you're 100 percent right. At, at lower elos, people just stop shooting at it. Like I can't. Uh, there have been so many yeah, times. The I, I was, lasts so long. <laughs> I, I was playing with Timeless, uh, I think like a week or uh, maybe two ago, and we're, we're playing down like in bronze, like uh, or low silver. And Winston, like it's on, I think it's on Eichenwald, and then Winston puts his bubble down in the choke point. And I'm the only person shooting at it at that point. I'm just sitting there like, what are y'all doing? Just shoot the barrier. <laughs> Dude, half, half the time, I'm the only one shooting at the Rhine Shield, and I constantly just call out. I make it one of my call outs. All right, working on Rhine Shield, working on Rhine Shield, just so other people might shoot the Rhine Shield with me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, don't just let them have it, you make them work for it. <laughs> if there's nothing oh, else to yeah, shoot at. If you see, shoot if you see shield. a shield and you can't shoot at anything else, you have to unload the entire clip on that shield. Rule of thumb. Exactly. And if you're like soldier, you don't have to tap. You can just hold that sucker down. Exactly. And just, it's like a little break. It it's like a little break. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you just put just hold it down. your composure. You know, you're just like uh, ease down on the click and just go to town. Exactly. <laughs> like nobody shields here for free. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so a couple other things. Grandmasters can now only play with other p- players within the 250 SR range. I'm imagining that was a problem for high diamonds and masters before. I did see some complaints about that in the forums. People were complaining that they were playing with grandmasters. And I'm just like, okay. So, uh, but yeah, now grandmasters, which I think maybe it kind of sucks for them because it's definitely going to make their queue times larger. But then again, if you're playing grandmaster, Odds are you play with a team and you probably can play some organized games or something like that. You know, well, they complain about. I love it how grandmasters complain about masters in their game, but they're literally like the top, like probably like 3,000 people, you know, but they're <laughs> complaining about the guy that's a thousand lower than them in that vast scale. So it cracks, it cracks me up, but. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, I think it'll help. It'll definitely help with the top 500 marks because top 500 is actually like pretty low SR at the moment, like 42, 43 hundreds, I think is the top five, 500 as opposed to like 44 hundreds and stuff. So like you get into grandmaster, you're dang close. Like, uh, Jack got 80 points away from top 500 when he hit grandmaster like 80 sr points away from top 500 like that's crazy oh wow Mm. nice so i think it's going to be interesting for that right all right so yes they they have uh that going on uh nice quality of life change the leave game as group option now has a memory so if you check that button once you're good to Best go. change in the patch notes. Yep. <laughs> if you you're ever lead the group and you've accidentally just leave and don't click that box. And super annoying. Finally, in terms of notable changes, one of the arcade slots will change on a daily basis. I still don't understand. No, I guess I shouldn't say I don't understand why they don't do it because, you know, they want people to flood certain queues in the arcade. But just make the, all the game modes that you know people want to play available. Make 
a, a panel for 4v4, a panel for 8v8, a panel for No Limits, a panel for Mystery Heroes, a panel for 3v3. And then Too everything else choices, will be custom man. games. You know? That's I, think, I think this change is fine. I think what they should do, though, is every day that it changes, if you play that mode, if you get a win, you get that like first loot, that first loot box, along with your win for Arcade. Like you know how when they put a new game mode out, you get one loot uh, loot box if you if you beat that game. Oh once. yeah, right. Just do nice. that for the daily one every day, and I would play every single one of their modes. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't play in arcade too much these days. I really wish I had time to play more three v three because I really like three v three. But it is what it is. All right. So from the patch notes, we can move right on to the PTR report. PTR report. Okay, so biggest news coming out of the PTR report is Blizzard World. That was the map we obviously heard about at BlizzCon. The one I was a little disappointed wasn't actually a new game mode. But I'm not going to talk about that. It's okay. Um, <laughs> so have you guys had a chance to play Blizzard World? What, let's get some initial thoughts here. Uh, guess first. Yeah, I guess first. Um, I got to play a little bit over at BlizzCon, actually. The map itself is really, really fun. I think the layouts are really cool. There's some cool fighting spots, some cool stuff for every hero. Um, especially there's like that middle point that has like this fountain coming out. And there's like two levels, but it almost looks like a Mario Kart level uh, at that point. It's like, it's really cool, the layout. Um, a lot of flanking points, a lot of little routes. A lot of little nooks and crannies that you can discover. So the map itself, I really enjoyed. The theme, though, I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Blizz World theme, but I just, I would see it more for like a Heroes of the Storm game kind of thing. Or maybe for like a free-for-all map, like a deathmatch map. Like, okay, that would be kind of cool. But like, I don't know. It, it was kind of like, it threw me out of the story a little bit, out of the, out of the lore. When well, they... Oh, go ahead, Bob. I was just going to say, when they talked about the BlizzCon, like, I do get it. They say that, you know, in the world of Overwatch, Blizzard and their games exist, and it's what, you know, it's the games everybody right. plays. Yeah. So I get that. It's like, I get that. It's a, just an amusement park. But, yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's... I mean, they have they have good explanation for it. It's just, I don't know. I, I kind of found weird. The map is good, though. <laughs> it is definitely weird. Every... I wanted my virtual reality. What? Yeah. <laughs> I wanted the virtual reality theme park. Every map that Blizzard puts out for Overwatch, with the exception of Junkertown, I'll say you know, so I guess not every map then, it feels like over, over, Junkertown is actually pretty sim- simple, but it was, it was Junkertown feels like a love letter to snipers. But uh, they, the first were, part. Yeah, they're kind of on a track. Well, even the other parts, because even though there's a turn, there's still pretty long sightlines. Like, Widows can dominate in Junkertown. Yeah, yeah. I know that middle part is weird whenever I play Hanzo. I don't know. If you move around. The end and the start, I really love. But Yeah, I've I've definitely seen Widows, especially because from the attacker or from the defender perspective, it's easy to get into the midpoint, that midpoint, so you can go from back and forth. From the from the from the start of the U to the back of the U, so and then on top of that, if you're a widow 
and the team, if you're in the at the start the of the U, they're coming out of. Yeah, if you're at the start time. of the U and they've already passed you, you can jump out and then chain to where you know behind them and start shooting them. So it does pretty good for snipers, but their maps have been coming are becoming increasingly complex, and I'm yep. really glad they're doing that. It's like they kind of wanted to ease people into Overwatch with these maps because they knew that a lot of people who didn't play first person shooters. We're going to play Overwatch. So stuff like Hanamura, King's Row, Numbani, they have a main path and a couple of side paths, and that's pretty much it. Whereas this map, you're right, has a lots of flanking paths, nooks and crannies. You can be attacked from different directions. I know when I played the map, I, on my second playthrough as an attacker, I found a completely different way to get to the first point when i first played it you know yeah. so they're dead and that last point is crazy how you can flank with certain characters like i was playing reaper yeah you flank right behind them like right at where the payload has to get to so if you do it the right timing with your team i just popped down there and killed both the healers yeah it was just it was it was crazy that you could actually flank that far right yeah and that's and i was gonna say it's interesting that you say that because they are probably getting better at making maps for Overwatch. And it's not like they were not good at making maps. They've always been really good at making maps. But the longer the game is out and the more time that they have to see how people play with these maps and what they actually do with the heroes and the hero compositions, the more that they're influenced back into like creating like more complex stuff, right? Because what you said, Overwatch is not just a first-person shooter. It's not like Counter-Strike that you position each dude and like covering your flanks and like now you're holding each position and it's all very kind of like staticky for the most part overwatch is just all over the place you have like mid-air fair battles with genji and like winston flying up and down over here um reapers can teleport so like map design for overwatch it's so much different right than your regular your map it's nice that they're giving more opportunities for like this like maybe weird strats or more like diverse strats to happen. Yeah. And, and Totem and Totem in the chat points out that uh call outs for the Blizzworld map might be a little easier on these maps compared to Oh others. yeah. That's true. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. There yeah, is a Diablo a... section. Everybody knows <laughs> what Siege Shank, Siege Shank. Like, yeah, one hundred percent. I I am glad they're making more intricate maps because one you know, first-person shooters can be pretty boring if the if the multiplayer maps you're playing are bland, right? It might be a little fun at first, but so like part of the problem that I had with Overwatch, uh, Overwatch, like watching competitive Overwatch at first, is the fact that you just have at least in the beginning you have just two teams looking at each other, shooting at shields, and you know just trying to mash at each other until somebody toppled over, and then you went in. <laughs> you know, and, and with the newer maps, that's really, I mean, I say that that won't happen. Obviously, you'll still have people move the payload and there's a main path and everything. But now you have an opportunity to sneak around somebody. So not, you know, the, the actual defenders will have to be looking to their left and to their right and communicate a bit better. And it just makes the game a bit more fun knowing that you can't 100% expect somebody to come from one location. You don't want them to have to, you don't want to have to, you know, predict 11 different locations that somebody can kill you from, but you know, having like three or four options that you kind of have to like keep your head on a swivel with is actually 
pretty fun. So I'm really glad they're doing it. Why I don't know why the heck you like Hanamura. That one freaking choke <laughs> in there and then the one stupid entrance up at the top left. Hanamura could be so much more exciting if that left area at the start had a little tunnel through. To it's, be fair, uh, though, people do get pretty creative to get through that choke, though. Well, that's do. Hanamura <laughs> defense isn't my favorite thing to do. I don't like just sitting there and defending. I actually, my favorite part about Hanamura is attacking. Because on both points, not just the first and the second, taking the first point is an accomplishment. And you feel good for taking it. And the second point <laughs> is kind of the same thing because the, the enemy spawn is so close to the control point that if you manage to take the second point, it's a, it's a very fulfilling map. You know? Yeah. That that's why I tend to like it a bit more, even more actually, so than. I'm sorry, go ahead. I actually enjoy attacking the second point, and a lot of a lot of people hate that point because it's a really hard point to attack. The spawn, like you said, is really Super close, hard. and then the um, defense has like these really awesome spots to hold uh, to make your life really miserable. But yeah. I think it's more of the mentality in that point, right? Like a lot of people miss the fact that if you take the high ground from the enemy team and kind of like control that, then you have a huge vantage point over the point and then it's easy to snowball it from there the hard part is why is, everybody goes top right but yeah. then you get junk rat in there and spamming in there and it's just uh but then again it's up to you like uh, getting creative like okay the junk rat is spamming through that choke we can't just walk through there so how do we get to there thankfully overwatch has like a million heroes that can leap m- meters or kilometers or whatever you want to call it of <laughs> air just all over the place so you know it's up to you Right, exactly. Meters or kilometers? Sorry, is the Latin coming in me? Yeah, that's like, I was too. thinking of the Genji triple jump in the early days. I was like, that might have been a, kilo, a kilometer. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully, I mean, once because they said they're not releasing it. Well, at BlizzCon, they said that Blizz World was Blizzard World was coming at in 2018. So hopefully they give the map a bit more time, bit of time to breathe, and then on top of that, when it's actually released to the public, please keep it out of competitive for some time. I actually didn't play Junkertown in competitive until last week. That was the first time playing Junkertown wow. in competitive, and I was so while, thankful, man. so <laughs> thankful that I was like, "Oh, because I hate that map. It's actually my least favorite map, Junkertown." I actually <laughs> so really like Junkertown. Yeah, I actually really like it. It's my least favorite map because. It's a simple map to play, but I can't manage to find a team that will work together to get it done. Like, it's like, please stop chasing that person. Please keep the shield up. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> uh, chasing is just a problem overall in Overwatch. I have to constantly remind my myself not to chase. I'm like, let him go, let him yeah. go. There's no I reason it, to overextend. Especially in, in the first point of Junkertown, it's really important that people are doing their jobs. That your Reinhardt and your Orisa or your tanks are absorbing that damage for you. Because if not, you just get blown away. <laughs> you know. So that's 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 why I, it's I guess it's not, so. It's not the map; it's the people. It's, it's the people that I'm <laughs> playing with. There you go. Uh, but okay, let's talk some other stuff that happened on the PTR. Not necessarily confirmed though, but we can clearly see these things have happened on the PTR. First of all, it looks like Moira is getting nerfed, even though there's no mention of it in the patch notes. So it could be it could be a bug. It could be a bug. Or they just didn't say anything about it, which has happened before. So more her lock-on now requires more accuracy. Before, you could probably be like just on the outskirts of her hitbox. 
and you would still be connected on, of, of your of whoever you were hitting. You could be on the outskirts of their hitbox, and it would still connect to them. Now, as soon as you are off of that person, the the connection is gone. And some people have compared it to like a you know it's basically like playing Zarya, where it's actually a little worse because it takes a second or like a short period of time for her to lock on to that person. So not only do you like you have to keep you would have to manage to keep steady aim for you know at least half a second, you know, maybe a quarter of a second, but yeah, now like the lock comes off as soon as your crosshair is off of the person. Oh, interesting. Because right now, like her lock is not as lenient as Symmetra, right? Like I feel like you still need to like keep it on her. Yes. So they're making it even like more yes. unforgiving kind of thing. Interesting. They are, which I think is okay. And the main reason I think it's okay is yeah. because it has a twenty meter range. It's very long. <laughs> when I first played her, I was kind of expecting it to have like the Symmetra range, but no. Yes. This thing like <laughs> it latches onto you from a really long distance. So. Just because of that reason, I, I think I'm okay with that, too. And the damage from it is not, like, super significant. It's, like, super healable. Right. But just because of the range and the leniency of it, it can make it really powerful in certain situations. Right. The, my issue is that with it, with the way it was, was right, okay, fine. She probably isn't going to be killing a bunch of people with it. It's not like she's going to be going on a rampage with her yeah. steady damage. However, at a 20 meter range, she can be involved in almost any fight that's going to happen with yeah. your teammates around. So while your soldier is fighting somebody or your junk, or not your junk, but let's say your roadhog or somebody is fighting somebody or even like your Reinhardt, she can be, she's in range of that fight to help with the damage. And she's still in range of that fight to help with the damage. But yeah. now it's a bit, she needs, it requires a bit more skill for her to maintain the damage. The second one, the second reason I'm okay with it is because she isn't a DPS. She's not a killer. She is a healer. So using that ability to recharge her, her primary focus should be using that ability to recharge her her healing pool. And I think Genjis will be happy if this is actually is a change that's going on for her. Right. Oh yeah, I think they'll definitely be happy. <laughs> yeah. Because I play Genji a lot in free in free for all, and there's been a lot of people playing Moira, and she's a pain in the ass with her balls and her lock on. Like, it's oh yeah, a pain you can't in the you ass. can't deflect it, any of that. Well, I guess you can deflect the orb, but it doesn't do much. Yeah, at least Symmetra, you can be seven meters away and just dink and dunk at her. Like this one is yeah. just really bad. She yeah, with this one, yeah, you can't outrange her, which is a problem with Genji, and you can't deflect her damage, and it locks onto you really easily. So it's just like completely anti Genji. Yeah, and she it's the and Symmetra, even though like she yeah, her her she has a hard lock, but she's just not picked she's not picked as much as Moira is going to be picked. Moira's gonna be more viable in more situations than Symmetra is still. And her range her range kind of balances it out, right? Like yeah. if you're in her range at one point you kinda of messed up, right? Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, that's it, it kinda had to something had to be done. I kind of wanted them to well, I should say at first I wanted them to reduce the range on the meter, but then I, I mean, I realized that okay, fine, they gave her this range because they she needs the mechanic to recharge her healing, but something had to be done, <laughs> you know. I was like, maybe it shouldn't lock on. This is close enough for me. I'm actually okay with it. I still think her, um, her orb. I'm trying to think of the, the name of the destructive one, but I can't right now. 
the the orb uh, that <laughs> siphons health. I still think that should be blocked by shields. I don't think that should go through shields. I think that's a bit I much. I hate it because I it's an it. it's an awesome tool to deny, to deny, to deny space. You can't yeah, ignore it. Like I'm glad that you're only gonna be able to play one one Moira because like when two or three of those balls are going around in free for all, like you're just dead. Like yeah. you're 200 point hit. Like a 200 health hit point. If you can't get out fast, well, you're each dead. orb damages for 150 health. 200. So, 200. 200 health? Okay. Yeah, like, I, 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 uh, I spoke with Woostus, and you had told me the bots were 150, and I argued it with him at game night, and he proved me wrong after I went to Google. Oh, I thought the so bots were the 150. The bots are 200. So 200 so, yeah. health? Yeah, that's, even, that's ridiculous. Health. So if you're by yourself, one orb will kill you, like if you're a Soldier 76. I thought maybe like Mercies and Tracers, even a Soldier 76, if you have one orb that takes you from 200 health to 50 health, that's still a major issue. But now that it, if it's 200 health, no, no, I really wish yeah. it would do like just the same damage it would do to you if you were in a group or by yourself. Because if you're by yourself, you get caught in a little room. It can kill you. It's it's a little crazy. Yeah, the orb can be pretty deadly if you're by yourself. It's definitely less deadly if you're accompanied by somebody. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 just like it's it all splits the time. damage. It splits damage. The more people. It's kind of a cool mechanic, right? Like it just means that you have to keep that into account when playing against her, right? Don't get caught in a room alone with Mora because she also siphons like life out of you. So she's healing herself <laughs> as she's damaging you, and then she throws the orb at you. So she can actually do a ton of damage if you are by yourself, no cooldowns, like a Genji right. or a, a Tracer in a small room, right? Right. Well, yeah, not, that's one hundred percent correct. My my more my, my of my argument was thinking of her being far away from you and just being able to throw this orb through a crowd of people and forcing them to disperse. From a, mm-hmm. a from a super long distance, I think that's a bit much. That's why I think well, she. The, that's why I think the shield should should, should block with, it. With the way it works, the better bet is for everyone to clump. Yes, <laughs> everybody take a like, little then damage. Your healers can manage it a little bit easier. Like you yeah, disperse, Lucy, Lucy it could goes just like heal it out, or like even the, the opposite Moria can just like spray some like yellow stuff and be good. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So it's like it's like the opposite of what you want to do for Symmetrazorb. Talking about that, what the hell is that yellow stuff? Because I don't know if I want to be sprayed by anything that Mora has. Like, I don't know. She's shady, man. <laughs> it's freaky, dude. Like, it turned around and like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, also, another thing that has changed that is, this is what makes me think that this is actually supposed to happen and not just a bug but fade now allows more to pass through characters there is no body blocking with fade anymore so like before you would get body blocked if like a road oh, i didn't even away. notice a now body it's kind of weird that you do get body blocked because you kind of it doesn't make sense because you're like disappearing for a little bit right right possibly reapers, that was a that was blocked. possibly that was a bug before that it wasn't oh, yeah. supposed to happen and they I just fixed that. it so maybe that's why. But now yeah, you, you can pass through characters. Uh, Reinhardt had a change before, after, you know, if you knew how to time it right. After he would complete a charge, he had a little bit of momentum. You could use to do a little bunny hop. Now that's gone. So once you stop charge, the momentum is done. There is no It's so niche because you would hop. have to go the full, like, 30 meters of charge or whatever it is. Yeah. So I, niche. Like, like, when would you actually be using that? I didn't even know because I never used it. 
<laughs> use the Reinhardt bunny hop. I mean, his fucking hammer has such a long range. Why even bunny hop that closer? <laughs> you know? So, but that's happening. Uh, Maze Ice Block now cleanses anti-heal, which it didn't do before, apparently. I thought it did, but apparently not. It that's how much I played. It did before. That's how much I played. Well, I, when they made the change to... Because it was uh, paying the butt if there yeah. was Inanna. Uh, when they made the change for May to cleanse herself and ice block, I just automatically assumed that it cleansed anti-heal. And uh, now it does not. So, And the greatest change on the PTR in your hero gallery, there is now a mark all is red button. So Wait, all what? of your new notifications in the hero gallery for the new stuff you get, instead of having to go to each hero and go to each section, you hit one button that says mark all is red. Oh, bad. Oh, Thank the Lord. Bad. Bad. Best change oh, ever God. since the game has come out. Dude, yeah. I, I, that's actually huge because I have to go in there. Like, I'm not even on, on my newest account, the fourth account. I've just... I've just resided to the fact I'm not opening any loot crates because I just don't want to go clear out those new. <laughs> exactly. The, the greatest change in Overwatch history, mark all as red. <laughs> because they, it, would, they would bug you like your freaking your notifications I was, on I would phone. just ignore it oh, For people with OCD, that was like horrible, like a nightmare. <laughs> Well, the thing that used to that used to get me is like you know you're in queue with comp with somebody and you go to open a loot box, but then you go into the game. I was like, great. Now I don't know what I got because there's no way I can tell what, you know what I got. <laughs> and uh, yeah, now not 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 so much of a problem anymore. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks, uh, Jeff Kaplan. Yeah, praise Kaplan. Praise him. So the last thing we want to get into in terms of our main topic, so I need to talk about Oversumo one more time, and I want to one issue an time. I want to issue an apology to everyone who listened to the episode after Thursday, because if you listened to the episode after Thursday, you heard us rant, or not, not ranting and raving, but you know, giving Oversumo props for what they Where's did for the, the, music the changes for the apology. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it should be like music in the background, like you know, like. We're sorry that we let this out. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, we're going to, like, that, that's the, the the changes they made on Thursday definitely kind of, they don't completely negate what we talked about. So, for those who need a little uh, refresher, Oversumo, I think not the week before last, had an update where they changed how they rank you, right? First of all, instead of going across the bell, across the, um, you know, uh, all Overwatch players, they only rank you inside of your actual rank. So if you're a platinum player, they rate you against other platinum players. If you're a gold player, they rate you against other gold players. Then they changed how, like, their, the performance system from a 0%. So instead of saying, oh, you're playing at Grandmaster level, oh, you're playing at Master level, which was misleading for a lot of people, because technically speaking, if you're a gold level player, but you're in bronze you're going to get a shit ton of damage on those bronze players, which is going to tell you that you're playing at like a grandmaster level. So that was very misleading the way they had it. Now, the, the way they changed it was that they changed the, the, the ranking from 0% to, to 200%. If you were at 100%, that means you were playing at your rank. You're at least doing what you're supposed to do. Below 100% means you're subpar for your rank, and above 100% means you're playing you know, better than averaging your rank. So 
you know, if you were playing at like 125%, you know, you're doing, you're doing better than most. If you're playing at like 180%, 190%, you're probably going to get pushed into the next, you know, rank because that's how good you're doing with that character. It was a much better indicator of how you were doing. And that, yeah, kind of went away on Thursday. <laughs> um, so on Thursday, yeah. what ended up happening, they changed the performance rating again from they ch- now it's now zero to one hundred as opposed to zero to two hundred. They're saying this to alleviate confusion. I don't know who would have thought it. Who would have thought that it was confusing? To be honest with you, it makes a lot of sense. One hundred percent means you're doing what you're supposed to do. Above one hundred percent means you're doing better than that. Now, if you're playing at level, you're at fifty percent, and anything above fifty percent means you're playing above level. So I don't like that change because, you know, now it says like it says now like that Mazenyata was at is at ninety percent. And when I at first glance, because that's what I'm looking for, I'm looking for some of that first glance to get some good to get good information here. It's kind of making me feel like I'm not doing that well. But if you look at the old system, I'm actually still doing pretty well, right? You know, so that's kind of the first problem that I had with it that they changed that. And on top of that, they changed the interface for when you are looking at your overall stats. So if you if you're looking at your daily stats like you know your daily competitive stuff like that it still kind of looks the same you know it, it tells you what your performance is even though it's only 0 to 100 now and it gives you your stats. If you're looking at your overall stats it's organized by playtime now and then you have to go into the character to actually see what the performance is. I didn't really like that because what I want is easy easy access to information, right? I want to be able to open the app look at all my characters and see how I'm doing on those characters. And maybe like, you know, I'll say, okay, well today I'm going to play Lucio because I've really, I've been sucking at Lucio recently. Now I kind of have to go into each character and see how I'm doing on each one, which sucks. The another thing that's changed is that they have introduced their over sumo pro, which then locks features behind a paywall. And it's not a one-time pay deal. It is a subscription service. So if you want to subscribe to it a month, it is $8. And there's a discount for if you want to do a yearly, which is $40 a year. I think they are going to change that because I haven't seen a single positive piece of feedback about it. Most people are like, look, I'll pay once for it, but I'm not paying for it monthly. And I really don't think they should expect people to pay over five dollars for it you know like that's just me there's a rumor that the overwatch league app is going to do this same thing too right yeah so if that actually comes to fruition then there's no way you're going to get people to pay for this because they're going to have the actual stats straight from blizzard and you're going to have everybody in there instead of a subset of people so yeah, like that's the thing. I I, I kind of wish they they should have just kept it the way it was because it was good. Even Bob liked it. They should have just kept it the way it was, and you know maybe any new features they put on, maybe more in depth like analysis of your character. They okay, fine. That's on Oversumo Pro, or maybe they should have just did a Patreon instead of 
you know, a pay app or actually, I mean, Oversumo is massive, right? Like they have a good user base. Why not do ads in the app? Mm. You know? What do you think, Andreas? What are your even thoughts on Oversumo? I haven't used Oversumo in a while, to be honest. I kind of like stopped using it uh, a while back. Um, so I haven't seen a lot of the new features. I will tell you what, I'm, I'm definitely not paying $8 a month <laughs> now to go back to Oversumo. <laughs> yeah, we actually had quit using it completely, and Ja just happened to notice. You know, he's probably on the toilet and just happened to open the app. That and is exactly that. what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like... Oh, there was an up. There was an update for Oversumo. I wondered what it was and clicked it. And then he thought it was neat because they just overhauled the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But then just a few weeks later, overhaul it again. That seems a little crazy. Weeks, like like it was like a week. <laughs> like it went yeah, in. Seems a little crazy. Yeah, so I'm I'm disappointed I'm because I did like the changes because I, I I always I never I I haven't really used Oversumo extensively, right? But I would always defend Oversumo because depending on how you read the stats, how you interpret it, it can help your game. The example I always have is that back when it would tell you you were master grandmaster, my Arisa stats were all were all grandmaster except my uh was it my boosted damage that was bronze so overall i would say my marissa was master but everything else i did damage blocking assists all grandmaster so when you read that that told me i'm not using my ultimate enough i need to start deploying my ultimate more frequently and that's what i did that's what it helped me do and the yeah. results were tremendous i mean not only were all my other sets even better than they were before but that stat was better as well so depending on how you use over how you read it it was a i thought that it w- it, it could be helpful and i think bob's biggest problem was is that it was misleading to a lot of people who thought they should be playing grandmaster because they're you know their sombra who let's say wasn't being played that much by that many people was grandmaster and then they start blaming everybody else for their troubles but with yeah, this update, the grandmasters playing wouldn't have near the stats it would tell grandmasters that most of their stats were bronze because there wasn't as many team fights there wasn't as many things going on it was super misleading and then at least changing it to the set you know being graded on the curve on the bell curve with the same people in plat, the same people in diamond, the same people in gold. That made a lot more sense, and at least it's a little better in that now. I can tell you what you can improve on going forward. It can do that, but I still think Master Overwatch is a better bet. Yeah, I think I think I don't know. I don't know what Oversumo is going to do I, next week or a couple weeks from now. I could be talking about it again. Like they have repented and turned from their ways. But for now, I really can't. I, I can't really recommend it all that much. Not from the way we were doing it last week. You know, I mean, still check it out if you want. It's not like you have to pay to use it, but it just doesn't feel as effective as it did with the previous update. So, I apologize to everybody who went out on my recommendation, and then you know, you got you got the bait and switch from uh, good old Oversumo. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. So, but. With that, let's go ahead and move into weekly updates and we can wrap this thing up. Weekly updates. 
So, not much going on in terms of weekly updates, but we do have two things to talk about, and I'm pretty sure that is surprising Bob and Andres because I totally forgot to put one on the show notes. Sorry about that. <laughs> but um, first thing, quick want to mention XQC getting banned for misuse of, re- of the reporting system. Well-deserved, because I think it, he, it was actually pretty well-known that he would report people. Uh, he would misuse the reporting system, like, and he would do this on stream. All the time. All the time. And Blizzard finally got him. So as, that, a, as a Dallas Fuel fan, though, I'd like to say it can do no wrong and burn blue. But uh, <laughs> no. on the side note, I could talk about it serious after that. It's, it's very important that streamers, especially large streamers, that they get made examples of made examples of it like that, where if they're doing something wrong on stream, that they get caught because that will lead other players to do the same thing, to abuse the uh, reporting system, which makes it less effective. Which then actually, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that I'm, I agree with that. Like people who are in the public light, who are representing this game in some way or another, right? Um, yeah, are gonna are going to be held to higher standards, whether you think it's fair. Or not. I know I know there's a lot of controversy around the topic because a lot of people are like, what about all the people that he reported that were stream stream sniping him and like um throwing his games just for no reason? And like <clears throat> there is a give and take to that. Like, yeah, like those guys should be banned too. Unfortunately, it's harder to track down those guys than the guy who has ten thousand viewers on his stream at one point playing the game. Right. So that's Yeah, you're gonna be made of an example of because there's ready evidence out there and and you're the one in the public's eye you've put yourself in the public's eye and especially the overwatch league players have definitely put themselves in the public eye and shouldn't be making multiple reports on a symmetra main just because she's a symmetra main reporting for every category and then saying in the comments fuck you like that's that's not something that someone representing the Overwatch League should be doing, and I'm a little upset with him because I am a Fuel fan, but I'm willing to forgive him as long as he learns from his ways and grows up a little bit. And the thing is, like, they're they're kids, right? Like, this is, yep. like, them coming out into the world in one way or another, and, like, some of them are, like, coming out into the world, like, big time, right? Like, with a huge audience watching them play from their houses which is not even the same as like being out there interacting with the real people, right? Like you're just in your bedroom doing your thing. And at one point or another, like some of these kids are going to realize like, oh crap, you know, people are actually watching me and my actions will matter in one way or another, right? Like <clears throat> what I say and what I do will have certain consequences, positive or negative, depending on what is what it is. You know what I mean? But they just have to realize they're they're in the public eye and they're gonna be held to a different standard. And they're playing Overwatch too, which at this point now has a really big audience. There's a lot of money invested into this game, and especially into players that, like you said, are representing things like the league. Those players are gonna held be held to like a really high scrutiny, right? And you can't be just saying whatever you want at this point because there's money and people invested in you. Yeah, and you are a role model, and yeah, thank God that you know all this wasn't around when I was young. Because God, I could—I mean, just think about 
what Kefri got himself into on social media and everything else. Like you, just, you could, as a kid, you can get yourself in so much trouble really <laughs> yeah. fast. And like the worst part about it is like people like Duff, Duff Fran, who still might come back, but had a real, I mean, he'd be in the league right now. Had he not done all the shenanigans and just for some, just because he was angry at the game. I was just, just, it's crazy to think, you know, how headstrong, but we were all head headstrong at that age. And it's just, it means rare to see someone like Jake that just can take it on the head and just be so calm and even keel. And the thing, well, this happens everywhere, right? Like, didn't we just have like that huge thing with the basketball players that got arrested in China and like, the U.S. the president had to like intervene and stuff, and like these are like college basketball players, which again it's kind of similar similar situation. They're in the public eye. They're getting paid by an organization to play for them. They have to represent a certain name and stuff, and like a lot of them got suspended and stuff. And it's this the same Not thing. Technically getting paid, but <laughs> getting paid. <laughs> right, right, right. But like you know, it's a pathway to like the big leagues and stuff. Uh, and like it did not even getting paid and like all like getting suspended and all this stuff. Like it's like a, it's a normal thing to happen in sports and stuff like that. And like, so it's going to start happening in Overwatch and in games like this for the longest time, the gaming industry has mostly been left untouched. And like the social aspect of the gaming industry has been, you know, kind of like a, like a side thing of it. Um, people for the most part have been like, in their own houses, in their own apartments, but we're in a different age, man. In an age where like your oh. apartment can be a window to the entire world, to things like through things like Twitch and streaming. And like these games are not becoming like a cultural, social phenomenon, right? Like where it's not just you playing by yourself in your house, but it's you playing with the rest of the world and like talking to them. And there's leagues and there's all these things. I don't know. It's, it's different times, different standards, I guess. Definitely. And what what Tooth Dirk uh, points out in chat is all these players probably have zero media training. I'm assuming Blizzard is getting on top of that because they have an NFL savvy guy running it. But everybody in the NFL, NBA, like they all get media training on how to like actively talk to the media, what to say, what not to say, when to speak up, when to keep your mouth shut, blah, blah, blah. Funny These guys have none of that. You bring that up because even though they have all of that, the NFL also has a secret department that handles scandals. And that <laughs> they are very, very, very active. Like I remember reading you an interview. The CIA was scary. I remember reading an interview <laughs> about a year, maybe a year, year or two ago. Actually, it was when it was whenever Ray Rice, whenever the Ray Rice situation came out, and somebody who used to work in that department they did an article about all how things kind of worked right like you know they gave an example of an nfl player who went out to a club and spent all this money then slept with a girl without a condom and the girl was like blackmailing him saying she was pregnant and stuff like that and they had to take care of this situation and they go like they have all these different things that happen so even with media training in the nfl who is you know obviously pretty proficient at this point, at dealing with the media and public situations, even with all that, 
they still can't protect their player. Not I shouldn't say protect their players. They still can't keep their players from getting in trouble. <laughs> I mean, people are people, right? And <laughs> yes. emotions to get to the best of everyone at one point or another is is just inevitable. It has, um, it has a lot to do no, with maturity. It never happens to me. It has a lot to do with maturity. <laughs> like I think the NFL or sports and maybe the Overwatch League will have sort of the same problem, right? Where with the NFL, yeah. when you when you go from being, you know, living in the inner city to going to college and now you're in the NFL, you're making millions of dollars. They just don't know how to handle having all that money and all that power. And in the Overwatch League's case, even though these players aren't making millions of dollars, you're talking about 17, 18 year olds, maybe 19, 20 year olds who are going from making $20,000 at Best Buy, maybe to, you know, you know, a hundred thousand dollars right now and then if the league is actually successful that's gonna be more money i mean like that merchandise some of them are like still living with their parents like they just graduated high school some of them and are like this is their first job yes and it comes it it, it, i think that in the issue compounds even a bit more right because the thing about a lot of these pro players and i'm I'm not saying that they're a stereotype, but one of the reasons why they're probably so good at Overwatch is because they play video games a lot. They're not necessarily the great so, greatest socially. They spend a lot of times time at home. So now being in the public eye is even a bit more, even a bit worse for them, because at least with the NFL or the NBA, when you were playing college hoops. You still had to do press conferences. You were in the public eye at your college with the Overwatch League. You are literally going from being a nobody to a somebody. Oh yeah, and like even people as big as as Siegel, like we were in the stands and we all planned it out. And went three, two, one. We we love you, Siegel. And I actually wasn't there. I heard the story from Melissa. It was her and Tank and uh, Slambo and them. But Bob cracks uh, under pressure. Yeah, well, I well I was getting Melissa a beer. Okay, okay. I was I was part of the team. I just wasn't there at the time. But mm. they all like played it out and then yelled, "We love you, Siegel!" And he turned beet red and like couldn't look at anything. Like he was completely. You know, like just take it aback. But the dude's the most popular dude in Overwatch. So right. it's it's yeah, it's definitely they're definitely not used to being in crowds and stuff like that. I can definitely see that. Yeah. So over time I think it'll get better. I mean, if Overwatch League takes off, this is gonna change esports as we know it. And things like this will get a a bit better for them. We we talked about this before. Everybody really needs Overwatch League to succeed. Everybody, even if you don't play Overwatch, if you do not watch Overwatch, you really need it to succeed. Because if Overwatch League fails, we're all in a lot of trouble. Esports wise, at least. <laughs> it's it's not going to be very pretty. Uh, so it'll set, it'll set back like the, I guess, legitimization of esports as an industry itself. Yeah. Um, Right now it is, but it's mostly like it's been... I guess League of Legends and CSGO are leading the way. They're kind of like show us what like established league with like a lot of money and sponsors can work. But there hasn't been one that like makes it legitimate for the players, gives them like a safe haven. And it's like, listen, you can do this as a career. You can aspire to do this since you are a kid and there's a clear path for you to become a pro at this game. This is the, yeah, the league would be the first time that that would happen. Right, and that the players are protected, and there's not 
contract signing in a dark room where they say, uh, bringing a lawyer's not cool, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that the my biggest concern is that if Overwatch League flounders, the waves that it would cause across the rest of esports is that, you know, because some people, especially some big uh, donors here, like the Robert Crafts and stuff like that, yeah. are probably just hearing about esports for the first time. And if this works out with them, you'll have more people like them who want to get involved oh, with their money. Absolutely. Yeah. But if this fails, that's going to scare off a lot of people, even people who are thought maybe thought about getting involved at a lower level. Like, well, maybe I'll just start this team and, you know, we'll we'll see where it goes from there. We'll put some money in that. Like, you know, if Overwatch League fails, I don't think a team like Echo Fox would have happened after the fact where you have somebody like 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 Rick Fox finances that team actually he kind of he, he does actually do a bit of running it to be honest with you but he finances that team and even at that level i think if you have an overwatch league that fails that's where we're going to run into trouble and it's going to actually set esports back quite a bit for sure i agree with that yeah so cr- fingers crossed everybody's got to work yeah really really wanted to work and i think they can do it but they got to be smart gotta be smart so we'll see Uh, That second update that I forgot to put into the show notes was actually about the Golden Joystick Awards, where Overwatch took home Esports Game of the Year, Uh, Lunatic High took Esports Team of the Year, and there was a player who plays Overwatch. He's actually going to be playing for the Shock, I think. He took Esports Player of the Year, and me and Bob were talking Um, about... Is it um, Sinatra? I don't think it was Sinatra. I'm I don't having think Sinatra. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but um, it's not in the show notes, so I can't see. Yeah, sorry, Bob. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I actually ended up closing the page, so I forgot. But uh, we, me and Bob talked yesterday, and I was like, well, "What's the criteria for these awards?" Because esports game, it's LA Van- Valiant. It's uh, there you go. So totally drunk. Owl, it was, owl uh, network abilities. Yeah. So oh, um, nice. He is a really good player. That Canadian dude. Yeah. So uh, that's what we were kind of wondering. Like, what's the criteria for winning esports game of the year? Because I mean, I could see Overwatch winning esports game of the year next year if Overwatch League takes takes you know launches. But this year has actually been a pretty rocky year for Overwatch esports in terms of viewership. And interest. So except for the World Cup, yeah, except what, the what? World Cup, they did well. Like the World Cup, they did well. That really was something well. I was kind of expected. But other than that, like, ha- like I, I understand. Yeah, I mean, I just don't understand them winning the award when you still have League of Legends, which is clearly, um, obviously trouncing them in viewership and uh, engagement. Same thing with, I mean, even PUBG at a professional level is is definitely out out doing overwatch right now that's why i was a little confused that they got the esports game of the year but it isn't is it out doing it in like viewerships and, and or is it out doing it in like how it's organizing itself for esports because PUBG right now has a ton of viewerships but how like how, how come you relate to be a pro in PUBG? like i don't know I don't know. Yeah, if I played it for the first time last weekend on stream. Was not impressed with anything competitive, and that's what I was actually going to say. Exactly well, is I, I got to admit, like, I don't just because viewership doesn't mean it's the best esport, in well, my opinion. Well, I don't. 
So PUBG does have an esports scene. I just don't know what oh, it, it does. is. I don't just I don't know what it is. I don't follow PUBG at all, but I do know that in terms of definitely in terms of viewership, PUBG is janky, dude. What would you say? It's pretty janky, dude. But, but it was well, fun the as game's heck, not though. finished. It was yet. fun as heck. The to game's play. not done, like, so that's part of the thing. Yeah, the game's supposed hell. not to be in hell yet, right? The, the game's not done, but PUBG uh, definitely has a massive viewership. I think it's only, I think it's second to League of Legends. You know, I think so. Right now, it's yeah, it's very popular right now. But in terms of, okay, let's just go back to that though. Let's just, you know, PUBG. Okay, question mark above PUBG, but League of Legends definitely has their structure down. They're selling out stadiums like like real stadiums when they have lcs and things like that and people travel from all over the world almost like the world cup to see lcs and you know it, that's so that, that, i'm not saying that they should definitely won because i once again i actually don't follow um league of legends esports like closely either but at the same time if you're talking about impact on the esports world even this year you know, you got to put, I would definitely say you got to put um, League of Legends above Overwatch. You got to put Counter-Strike above Overwatch. There's so many other games, esports-wise, that have been making major moves. And Overwatch I'll, is just setting its stage. I'll you know? only give that to you because the league won't officially start till Jan- till January of next year. But like, the, as far as what we've been talking about... Like this has to, this has to not fail. That's why it's the biggest esports game of the year is because it is so impactful on the entire scene. It's shooting would, forward. Go ahead. I would, I would say one thing only because I agree with you that right now League of Legends or even CS:GO has a more organized league, uh, has like higher prices than Overwatch gives out regularly. Right now, at this point in time, before the league starts. But there's one thing that Overwatch has done really well. And it's like the first game over here that's like really breaking into like the normal culture, I guess. Right. Like mainstream. Yeah. The mainstream culture. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Like you got people like ESPN started to like turn their eyes. Right. You got people like the crafts, for example, investing into teams. So it's kind of like. To me, is the first time that a company has made a push, especially here in the West, so big that like is getting heard by people who are not even into the gaming world, right? Just to just today, I work for a large real uh, real estate company, and a real estate agent who's super into sports saw my Overwatch jacket, made a comment that he had read about it. In sports, uh, sports media. So like he doesn't like he's not a gamer. His kid's not a gamer. Like I talked to him about it. He was he was just intrigued about it because he read about it on somewhere on ESPN or some sports, uh, some sports sports media of sorts, and he'd recognize the coat. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like it's like it's Overwatch is breaking that barrier. It's like it's just a little crack right now. It's like the the great wall of game of thrones right like just standing right there between the mainstream world and the gaming world and like we just made the first crack and like they are aware of us now you know uh, we are the night king that's the thing though the 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 thing about it though first of all 
I, you, you're right. I mean, I agree with you saying like Overwatch definitely is alerting a lot of people to his presence for esports, but especially ESPN. Like ESPN is actually pretty familiar with esports. They've they've broadcasted League of Legends. They broadcasted Dota two for the past two years at least. They've broadcasted Street Fighter Five Evo. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do that. TBS has E League, which they created specifically for esports. With they, they do CS:GO and Injustice, and did they do Street Fighter too? Yeah, so there's Street Fighter two. But the thing about, but I guess my counter argument to all that is that um, Overwatch, what you're saying is true. It is making, it is building a big hype. Like people are paying attention to it because people like Robert Kraft and stuff like that are getting involved in it. But that's hype. I don't think, and maybe this is a personal opinion, but I don't think you should be getting an esports of the year award off of hype. I think it should be off of that's, accomplishment. That's yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and that's that's what I said when I made my initial statement. Is I'll give it to you because the Overwatch League doesn't officially start till Jan till January one, right? And yeah. So I so this I get is the, it. This is the last thing I'm gonna say because like we could talk about this for like a very long time, <laughs> but it's that um, we haven't seen the final product yet, right? Right. But these guys have worked already so much. Like in order to be able to make this game popular then create a really competitive crowd where you try to find the people who rise to the top, identify those people, then hire those people with an actual contract that allows them to make this as their living and then organize them into teams that are hopefully across the world, all sponsored by like real world, you know, sponsors with a lot of money behind them. Like that is such a momentum like like a monstrous amount of work to put all of that Huge. together and just like bring it into like a nice little digestible schedule that then everyone can watch for free like no cost to the viewer aside from you know watching the eyesore in the jerseys of like the sponsorships and stuff but that's about it then you get to just enjoy all of this while the players are getting paid and hopefully while the sponsors are getting money. And I don't know, I think that setting up all that might be why they might be considered like esports game of the year. Yeah, maybe. I like my trophies earned. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess uh, we're about to see, right? Only one more month. And exactly. we'll, we'll get to see how it goes. Exactly. So we're all pulling for it. Everybody needs to be pulling for it. But. All right, we'll Let's do this. Yeah. All right. Well, so uh, yeah, we're gonna close up. Thank you, Andres, for coming on and sticking out with us, uh, hanging out with us for these past two hours. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a long conversation, but hey, that's that's why we're here. We like talking about this game. Well, yeah. And to my point earlier, Andres is so passionate. Like he had to go, but this last like thing intrigued him so much he wanted to keep talking about it. So. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and we'll wrap this up quickly. Uh, some closing notes. Prepare to attack. Batch three is out. Batch four will be complete uh, tomorrow or today when you're hearing it. The final card for batch four. And then batch five is going to be a bit looser uh, than our previous ones. And I'll have more information on that soon. So just check us out on Twitter and we'll we'll, we'll go ahead and release that. Uh, just want to remind everybody who is not listening, who is not on the live stream right now, that we do live stream every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time now. We changed that. So 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to uh, to see us live uh, for Watchmore Radio. Twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. 
As always, want to hear your Overwatch stories, so send those in. We have a PS4 community and Xbox One club. They are both called Watchpoint Radio Overwatch. Uh, Matt, I am Matt AF from PS4. I heard you. I am definitely going to come and do placements with you. I'm going to keep that promise. I still have to do placements on Xbox as well, so I'll see you guys there. Uh, we do have a Discord, like I mentioned earlier, which is discord.me slash smash those buttons, so please join us there. It'll be awesome to talk to you. And I always uh, like to suggest you guys check out Heroes of Overwatch if you're on Facebook. It's a great Facebook community of Overwatch players on all platforms. So whether you just want to catch some dank Overwatch memes or you want to catch somebody to play with, definitely check out Heroes of Overwatch. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We are available on multiple podcast platforms, iTunes, Apple Podcasts for iOS, Overcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Cast, SoundCloud, and Podbean, just to name a few. We do have an RSS feed for you guys if you have a custom RSS reader. And you can get the links for all those right on the Masters Buttons website. Uh, some social media. Andres, you want to you tell people how to reach you? Sure, yeah. Look me up on Twitter at iPlayGames. You spell that I-P-L-A-I games. And you can also check out my SoundCloud blog, music blog, at soundcloud.com slash iPlayMusic. All right, nice. And uh, you can catch us at twitter.com slash watchpointradio. We're also at twitter.com slash MTB site, facebook.com slash smash those buttons, and youtube.com slash smash those buttons. Bob, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at blazin underscore Bob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N underscore B-O-B. You can find me now actively streaming on Twitch at blazin Bob. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore jaw underscore. So that's underscore J-A-A underscore. We definitely encourage you guys to reach out to us uh, with every with your comments and questions. So you can email us at WPRMatchesButtons.com. Or just reach out to us on Twitter, or on Facebook, wherever. Leave a comment on the website, and we will definitely try to uh, answer your questions. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody uh, for for coming tonight. And uh, if you enjoyed the show and you want to help us out, the best way to do that is to share the show with others. That's a huge help for us. Share the show with others. And if you really want to help us out, another great way to help us is to rate and review the show on your podcast platform of choice. And thank you to everybody who has done those, especially the most recent reviews we've had. We really do appreciate that. We are now a Twitch affiliate. So if you all, if you want to support us in other ways, you can actually subscribe to our Twitch channel or come to the stream and give some bits. We also have our store at uh, teespring.com slash store slash match those buttons where you can get some Watchpoint Radio merch or you get some Double Tap merch. Got the mug like Bob is drinking from right now. Amazing product placement as always, Bob. Great job. And, uh, you know, with that, I think that's it. You guys should definitely check out matchesbuttons.com slash shows to check out the other shows on the network. And uh, we're really glad to have you here and we will see you next week so good to see you again Andreas good to see you guys too that's fun being here yeah thanks a lot see you guys later